It's the day after the tourmalay, the day that Jumbo went one, two, three. They shut the door on almost everybody for the uh, overall lead at the Vuelta a España. And with that, they did they slam the door on the toes of Remco and maybe Jalameda. Today's a redemption day. We're going to do stage 14, Savantier de Bern to La Belagua. Hang on, folks. We've got an actual Volta intro. Even Chris Froome had no response to Alberto Contador today. For the last couple of years, he's looked a shadow of himself, but Contador has shone on this welter, and finally he takes the stage victory. It's about how much time Richard Carapaz can take. What is the gap going to be? He crosses it at 2.34. So, Primoz Roglic now has got 45 seconds to get there. Primoz Roglic saves La Welta by around 19, 20 seconds. 21%, it really is a, uh, a hurt zone, this. Nibali hits it once again. Now, can he? Don't forget, he's just got to find three seconds here, four if he can. Away and Nibali goes once more in the cloud. Oh, it's almost reminiscent of his uh, job on uh, uh, the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, almost the camera. And uh, has Nibali been taken out here as well? No, I, wow, I don't think there was any contact with anybody. It's just gone pop. Here is Horner. What a performance by this man. As we say, 20 years separating the man who's won the stage and the man who quite possibly has just won the welter. 200 meters. This is going to feel like party time. And the grin is turned into a huge grin. And the clock, watch it when he crosses the line because this is the crucial timings. He gets the bonus as well. Don't forget, there is Chris Horner. Has he just done it for the old guard? Welcome, everybody. Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler. Like I said, we're doing Tyler Yonke. We're doing stage 14 of the Vuelta a España. Yesterday, pretty fantastic um, for those SEP fans. And then how's how's uh, Jumbo going to play this out from here on out? Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit today. And then today, uh, look, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was going to get a clip here. I got some other ones, but I was going to get a clip here, uh, too, of the Cycling Podcast. Uh, they had Robert, uh, Richard, uh, no, Hatch. R oh, I don't know, whatever. He's an announcer for GCN. And he, they're talking about, I, and, and, and with Daniel Friba, and they're like, hey, I can't come to a, has anybody ever had a comeback like this? And I'm like, uh, hello, Landis, Landis, 2006, stage 17, Floyd Landis. Uh, and they were like, oh, we can't say the L word. I mean, okay. If, if Floyd Landis is, yes, he tested positive uh, <laughs> after that one. Uh, but why can't you also say this one? Uh, am I jumping the gun? Perhaps. Let's go right up to the here. Uh, here's the here's a breakdown for the stage. Um, what do we have? 156.2 kilometers, an especial, that's the HC category, another especial, and then a Cat 3, and then a Cat 1 finish to Balagua. Uh, right away, 100, like I said, 150 some kilometers. And right away, already at 155, you got Remco Evanipol trying to get in the break. Now, remember, he said he was crying yesterday or last night. He didn't sleep well. It was the interviews afterwards. And he just was uh, tormented. I mean, he did a lot of prep. But then he says, Look, um, my prep that I had done, 
uh, with going. Remember, I mentioned this yesterday. The Vuelta is usually um, before World Championships. It was uh, Worlds were before it this year. He came out on top on the World Championships for the time trial. He was up there uh, with the road race, and it just it didn't work out. So his fitness was probably maybe a little too peaked for this, you know, and as far as the Vuelta goes. Um, that's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, with that in mind, he's up the road. He tries to get up the road today, and um, he 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 breaks it finally. He he has some Oliver Nelson goes up there with him. Uh, finally, there's a break that forms. I mean, he's he's working this thing over. And finally, he gets up the road with uh, Roman Bardet and a few others, and then he and Roman Bardet break clear. Well, there was a, a lotto guy in there. Now, I had already said I think Storer. Uh, for um, was in the King of the Mountain jersey uh, or close to it yesterday. Vindigo ended up got it. You're going to see probably him going up the road, and he did. But he was having a little bit more trouble because uh, Remco was on one today. Now the odd parts you had though was back. What 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 goes on in the behind? So you, are, are riders going to be fighting for? I mean, there's no one up the road that's in contention. So Remco, twenty some twenty seven minutes out uh, or more. Uh, 28, I think, is what it actually was. Uh, he's he's not really a threat now. Is he a threat to even fifth, sixth? Not yet. So who's gonna? You know, you should probably be having Jumbo take the reins here. But instead, UAE UAE takes the reins. And you know, there's talk about Sepkus not really being able to have done. He's his third Grand Tour. He's gonna have a bad day. So maybe this is their plans. So what happens is though, then they put guys in the front. They start causing trouble with their <laughs> with their own guys. Uh, Remco ends up getting all the points today for the King of the Mountain jersey. So Storer's not going to get it, and then um, Venipal is going to actually halt, per, um, move into the lead. This is after uh, what the first or second category uh, HC climb. He and he and uh, Roman Bardet sharing water, going up the road, looking good. But the whole time you can just tell that uh, Venipal looked much better than um, Roman Bardet. Roman was moving around. That's his, his cycling style as well. Michael Storer was still once again trying to get into the mix. Uh, Fifty-two kilometers. Uh, to go, UAE had been on the front, and they were dropping Almeida and um, uh, uh, what's uh, what's the other guy out there? I not having a senior moment. I'm on some I'm on some uh, muscle relaxants. Maybe that's a problem. Um, uh, anyway, so they're, they're dropping their own UAE guys, and uh, <laughs> and it doesn't. I'm not I'm not sure even what the point was was for, right? Um, who do we, who is he here? Solaire. That's who we got. Solaire is getting dropped as well. Then Ayuso attacks immediately. Sepp Kuss is on his wheel. So is uh, Roglic. So is Vinigo. They're all just coming there. And then Ayuso is not going to keep up the attack. So he kind of looks around. He kind of takes off again. And this next time when he takes off, immediately jumping on his wheel is Roglic and Vinigo. And, um, Sepp Kuss kind of looks around, lets Enrique Moss come through, jumps on his wheel, and they immediately get back covered. Now, I'm going to play a clip later where, you know, this is the way the press are. They, they think this was a – you can see here right here. Here's Enrique Moss. He's pulling up uh, and is easily comes up to uh, Vingo and Roglic, and Sepp Kuss has no problems getting on his wheel and, and the whole time. He was kind of boxing. in. He just jumped on that wheel, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Evenepoel gets the leads here. Then they have a long valley that they go through, and then finally up the last climb, Evenepoel uh, just leaves Roman Bardet, doesn't even attack him, just rides him off, and um, gets a nice post-up victory for the win. Five, six minutes up the road, so um, then, then the rest of the GC comes in. Uh, Roman Bardet, nice little hug there with him. The rest of the GC comes in. Vlasov sprinting, Sepkus right on his wheel, looking very attentive and aware. 
and comes in across the line. But there you go. There's the post up for Remco of Interpol gets a stage win. Michael Storer, um, this is the King of the Mountains. Uh, let's see if they have the overall classification here. Nope, nope. King of the Mountains stores in second at 39 points. Um, 63 points, though, for uh, for Venipol today. I mean, he just racked them all up. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy stuff. There he is. He's in uh, polka dot. It's not a good-looking polka dot jersey that they have. Um, but the the UAE, t- I mean, sorry, the, the Vingo, Roglic, uh, Sepkus, Team Jumbo uh, uh, came across the line, and Remco gave uh, Sep a nice big uh, slap on the chest there on the side. And there he is. He's in the lead by 137 over Roglic, 144 over Vingo. Ayusu, 237 down. with He's got the white jersey. Then Enric Moss at 306, 310 for Soler, uh, Land at 412. I think, and, and by the way, Bahrain was doing some fighting as well, so or, or some riding on the front. And I, I didn't really understand uh, what the whole thing. Yes, Victor's in the house. He says, Sep Kuss. That's right. Um, we're pulling for Sep. Definitely does. But it'll be, once again, going to be uh, Sep. So there he is in the lead. Uh, tomorrow's race, uh, Pamplona to Lukenberry. And you've got some climbs in there, but I think it's going. There it is. One category is climb, categorized climb, a little bumped up at the finish. I, it might be too much for the sprinters, you know, um, Kid and Groves and whatnot to really be in there. But um, it should be a breakaway. I mean, uh, I would imagine. I mean, it, you're going to have a rest day, and then next week is going to be some, you know, heavy duty stuff. So there you go. On the stage, Sepku's coming in at eighth place. Um, let's see how all the Americans did here today. Sep obviously in the top there, 822 down on Remco. So he does a few more of those. He's back in the mix, right? <laughs> Larry Warbath, 30 minutes, Joe Dombrowski and, and Sean Quinn all coming in uh, at the same time there. Um, oops, you don't want that. They'll kill us for that one. Um, so as far as the GC goes, you know, you're going to have Remco moving up here. Where do we go here? Uh, goes up a bunch of places. Um, Hugh Carthy goes down five. He had a little bit. Uh, he had a rough day today. He was he was not hanging on. Avenipol moved up, like we said, four places. Stefan Kraus, Steph Kraus, moved down a spot. He lost a, a few minutes there. De La Cruz went up there as a result. Jao Meda was able to hang on, stays in the top ten. Cian Cian uh, Cian um, ninth place still. He was swinging a little bit today. Lando looked better than Soler. Soler came off a few times that he was able to reconnect when his own team was kind of putting the hurt down. And there you have it. So as far as the KOMs go, there we go. Avenipol, 63 points. He just mashed them all today. Uh, That's very impressive. Uh, points jersey doesn't stay change. Caden Groves. Avenipol does move into second place. That was 116. He said he had no interest in that one. He's down on the on the youth jersey, but the team jersey uh, looks like it's firmly in the hands of... Jumbo Visma. Okay, so we'll talk about a few things. I, I, I'm going to play some clips here from uh, this first, it's from Cycling Podcast. This first one is uh, who's going to win, and they, they talk to um, well, uh, well, Rob Hatch and a few others here. So let's take a look. Um, I need to add this one to it. Okay, let's play it. Away. But, you know the juicy issue of who is going to win who is going to be the last man standing here today we saw a slight side of weakness, sign of weakness from Sepp Kuss because in one of the attacks of uh, by Juan Ayuso he struggled a bit to follow you know mm. there were Roglic and Bingegaard immediately on his wheel and then Sepp dropped a couple of positions back 
it wouldn't be strange because he has a story and that is something that was pointed out by Remco Van Poole on his uh, rest day press conference. He has a story of maybe struggling in one day, of in one mountain stage of the second of the third week. Maybe that, can, that happens again, but now he's not working for others, he's benefiting from others' work. And that should help him go through this final week of the Vuelta. And, you know, Jumbo Visma, they want to make history. And, there, and by winning all three Grand Tours in one season, they are making history already. And if they manage to do it with three different riders, that's some completely different level that is unseen. If I were the Jumbo Visma management, I would definitely go with Sepp Kuss. Okay, I'm not going to go... I enjoyed the program, the, the, but I'll just say I, I didn't think his analysis was very good there at all. We, we walked through that a bit. And if you actually watch, hang on, I'm going to bring the next one up here. Uh, hang on there. Uh, if you wa actually watched the film, because I broke that down again uh, to myself, I went and rewatched it. The, it wasn't, it was not even a, uh, having a bad day or in a bad spot was what um, Soler and Almeida were doing. Sepkus was not in a bad spot there. You can see him. Uh, that uh, you said gone. He was the first one on the wheel. It wasn't a problem. It, it, then he's kind of, they're all just, they're going super slow. And they jump, he jumps again. And like I said, Roglic and Vingigo jump on the wheel. There's a little boxed in here. He is. He looks over. He immediately lets Enric um, uh, Moss come through. And immediately he's on Enric Moss's wheel. And boom, they're up there. This is, this makes me feel more confident about Sepkus than anything. When the press, sees that and that's their crack in the armor if that, <laughs> that's the crack in the armor uh okay it uh, looks looks like we're gonna be uh having a subcoose win if that's the case uh just it was not the fact and um uh, let me talk a little bit about remco too so you know yesterday he has his bad bad day and with that everyone's like oh he's either sick or he's saying no i'm not sick i lost fitness and then we saw today where he just demolishes everybody and he rides Something's weird there. I mean, you've it's got to be. I don't know sickness. You know, I was watching uh, Horner. He was saying sickness, maybe some meds that he took for something like that. It is odd to see you go so bad and then so good. The only and like I said, the only other person I've seen do that is 2006 uh, Floyd Landis stage 17, where he blew out the day before, got dropped. Uh, Rasmussen wins. He he loses like 10 minutes. He'd been up on the lead. And then um, the next day he comes out and he blows everyone out for like seven, uh, eight minutes. So uh, went on the attack. Okay, you can do that. But how do you rebound so quickly? Now, that one could be uh, doping. I don't know. Um, I have questions. Uh, Mason Marlowe joins in. He said, I've questioned Remco's mental fortitude a bit. Perhaps, but he's really young. So look, I'm not a Remco fan at all. And I actually had something that changed my mind just yesterday. I watched the Lantern Rouge podcast interview with him. Now, not a big fan of the Lantern Rouge because Kurt likes it, and I tend to say uh, anything he likes, I'm not going to be a fan of. I finally watched it, and it was a, an interview with Remco right after um, the World Championships and before the Vuelta. There was a, I, I liked him. He was he was interesting to to, to hear. He he talks about how he just says things. He probably should be a little bit more. Uh, political in a sense of way he just uh, stream of consciousness out to the press. Some of it might be a language barrier, but there were also some things in there I thought were really interesting. According to him, I oh, it was a 2019 uh, Giro where he's out there with Almeida, his teammate. He's a new guy. He had just come back from, um, remember the wreck in Lombardia where he, he had crashed. 
so then he's he's uh, kind of put into the lead role, and he's like, I never should have been in the lead role. And then there was a day where Almeida came back for him, and he's like, I told the radio that the manager is not to come back, not to have him come back to me, and he did anyway. I told Zhao go, but Zhao was listening to the team management. So I remember that at the time. Uh, so anyway, it's just it's a little bit. I actually was I watched it, and I go, I came away going, okay, I, I think I like him. Why do I not like him? Well, I don't like him for a few reasons, which is one, he writes for uh, Sodell Quickstep. <laughs> Just not a fan of Lefevre and that that gang. Um, some of the other things that I like is he does come across as somewhat of a dick. Uh, you know, the other day complaining about everything's, and I think that some of it might be the fact that you were kind of coddled as a child, as far as in you know when you're kind of in those formative years and you're suddenly winning everything. I mean, he turned he's started racing as a junior in the first year he went to world championships he started racing in april that's crazy um so then obviously he races what a year and a half in juniors and then goes pro i mean this is where he is so no one's ever told him he can't do something because he just does it and, he, and he's very successful so yes his mental stuff is got he's got to definitely sh- uh, shore that up and that's going to be a thing i think the thing that'll help him is um, you, you're seeing this with Vinigo, you're seeing this with Sepkus, you're seeing this with uh, Remco. Um, I think uh, Pagachar is similar, which is they're they're all really young and they got married, and they have these uh, family lives. That's now you're not going out, you're not wasting your time partying or, or trying to hook up. You're just wasting your time training and being at home. And he talked about last night about being on the phone a lot with his wife. Good for him. She took care of him a lot when he was. Um, when he uh, broke his ass bone as well. So who knows? I mean, these are these are things that made me kind of like him more. But yes, he does have somewhat of a mental, a fragile ego, I think. Uh, and, and, and who knows? I mean, yesterday, you know, he, he could have fought like Almeida. Maybe he was in a similar vein, but he decided to just, once it was going bad, he's just going to really sit up and lose a bunch of time. No big deal. And once he does that, then he could come back today and fire hard. But you didn't see Almeida coming back firing hard today. I mean, Meta was in the group trying to hang on. So there, it's a weird, uh, do you, what do you buy? What do you not buy on that one? Um, okay, this is a, another little clip I'm going to play here. It's uh, Garrett Thomas talking about kind of the, like I said, the um, uh, who's going to win the tour or who's their leader or whatnot. I th- think this is the one. Hang on. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's put this one up on the screen and go. Okay. Okay, so Mason says can't hear anything. Well, that sucks. So let me uh, let me dump that one out. Um, oh, I pushed the wrong one. That's why. Okay, this let's go back here, and I'm gonna play this here. <laughs> yeah, this there we go. Uh, twice go. in the tour, one and two, one and three. Um, Garrett Thomas. Well, how do you how do you see it? And is it is it complicated for their directors now? Uh, phew. I guess with the 
the personalities be interesting to see. Go on, elaborate. Well, I think they're all just, uh, you know, I'm sure Vingegaard didn't come here just to be on the podium. You know, he would want to win. You know, having won the tour, I was speaking to him at the start, and he was like, yeah, hopefully I'll have something to celebrate. We we're talking about holidays and stuff. I was like, mate, you won the tour. You've got something to celebrate, whatever happens. Oh, yeah, true, true. But for sure he wants to win. You know what Roglic is like. So, yeah, that whole dynamic, how they deal with that, really. But those three, like, it's unbelievable, really, what they're doing. So, yeah, fair play. Can you remember ever talking about that with Sky um, getting, well, monopolising the, the, the podium in a Grand Tour? Was that ever even mentioned as an objective? Because you came relatively close a couple of times. Uh, it wasn't, no, but, um, you know, we did it in Catalonia once. But, um, yeah, it normally, from our point of view, it was always like based around one or two guys. Um, we never really had three, but... Yeah, potentially it could have happened if one of them had gone in a break like Chris had. But yeah, it, I think it's more dealing, as I said, just with the, the personalities now and making sure that everyone's sort of happy, which will be hard, obviously. But some position they're in, isn't it? I think it's a yeah, fair play to them. I'm going to ask you for a prediction now. Who's going to win the Vuelta? You can, you can say yourself, but it, we, we presume it's one of the Yuma Visma riders. Who do you think might win now? Uh... I think Sepp is in a great position. You know, I think having done what he's done for those two guys, but I know myself, you can ride for someone, you know, for years and they still want to win. So, <laughs> but heart says Sepp, head might say someone else, maybe Vinegard. Uh, okay, interesting to, to hear that. So, sorry about the, the lack of sound there on the beginner. Uh, so I just thought, you know, look, Garrett Thomas coming in there talking about kind of where he's been with, with that wanting to win and uh, being in kind of in that position to do so. And you've got your team leader that's like, no, no, no. Now I will, I will back this up just a tad bit. If this is the tour de France, you're probably more likely than not to have that problem, right? There, where one of these guys might attack Sepp and just right away and try to try to get within, but it's the Vuelta. No offense. Uh, the Gerald's now been won by uh, Roglic. Roglic has won the, 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 Volta several times. The tour has been won twice now by Vinigo. Maybe this is a thing that they're not as concerned about for Sepp uh, as possible. Okay, there, where do we go tomorrow? Uh, Pamplona to Lukenberry, 158.3 kilometers. Like I said, I think this will be a breakaway day. I don't think it's a. I think it's too much for the sprinters. Uh, could be a mid section, like a, a mountain type of day. But I think you're not gonna have the climber guys get away when it's not steep enough to begin with. So like today, it was, you know, uh, at least Remco is strong enough to get away. And so he was able to kind of mix it up there. But if it's just, if it's climbing right away, then you're going to get a climber. So I don't know if a Dombrowski uh, was able to do this. And then once again, we're talking about day off on Monday. And then Tuesday, we come boom back to this steep little thing at the finish. Tuesday. And then, you know, Wednesday. Wednesday's the day we're really looking forward to. That's up the Angreloo. Fantastic. Wednesday. And um, we're not going to keep going on the rest of those. So that's all we have. All right. So predictions for tomorrow. I think it's going to be a mid uh, breakaway guy. I, you never know. I, I just don't see. I, uh, Jumbo's riding strong enough to be able to control everything. We saw stupid kind of stuff with uh, Bahrain today. We saw stupid stuff with uh, UAE today. Um, and then we saw, obviously, Remco getting his, his Floyd Landis style win. Congratulations to him. 
but I, I think right now it's just, you don't have enough firepower. Like you saw those two little attempts to break away by Ayuso. Those were not much. You're not going to, it's not going to happen. So right now, Remco, I mean, the best thing that happened to him for everybody was that he lost 20 some minutes. So you let him get up the road for eight minutes. You're not going to let him get the road for much more than that. And um, maybe one more time, but not uh, not multiple. So, you know, starts happening again. You're going to start putting Jumbo on the back foot, maybe a little bit. And then you're going to see them, you know, actually try to try to do what they can to make sure that the, the jersey stays with one of them. Hopefully it'll stay with Remco. Uh, Did I say that? Stay with Sup. All right, everybody. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Stage 15 of the Vuelta. Keep it, uh, keep it sassy.